three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hey everybody, welcome to the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast here on Christmas Eve. Man, we are excited to be here. Got our host Nathan Cravat and Brian Edwards is in the house. How you doing, fellas? Doing great, man. We got Brian in the studio with us. This is exciting. Absolutely. Glad to be here. From Danville, Virginia. Yeah, it was a long drive. Man, we're glad you're here. It is Christmas Eve, guys. You got big plans? Uh, yeah, my family actually, we always eat a ton. And uh, given the medical things that I've recently been through, I look forward to uh, licking the ham and uh, eating the turkey. <laughs> uh, stay away I from will the ham. actually eat the ham. Not the ham he licked, but I will eat the rest of the ham. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get up at really early because six kids, they're up before the sun, and it's going to be fun. Well, you had look to know that to was going to happen when you had six kids. It's true. It's true. So, at what time today did you buy your wife's present? Oh, man, I've been done with my wife's presents for months. Did you order them online? No, I went and picked it out. I shopped at Hobby Lobby for it. What did you get her? Well, I mean, she's listening. She won't listen right now. She doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> you don't have to tell me. No, I, I'm make, making her a coffee bar in the house. So I Dude. put a bar in a legalistic house. Oh, my That's gosh. awesome. <laughs> it's coffee. So it's going to be great, but it's got the whole espresso machine and everything. So I'm pretty nice. pumped about it. You are so romantic. Yeah, I got to do something. She's the hardest person to buy gifts for. So, Well, coffee bar, thats you never lose with that. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Hey, so we wanted to come in here on Christmas Eve and just kind of introduce you to Brian. And uh, hey, just just kind of where we're going since the last podcast, that, re- that preview podcast. It's been incredible. Had a lot of good response. Wanted to kind of read some of the responses that we've gotten uh, just since then, positive and negative. This should be interesting. We're going to stay away from the negative, though, because it's Christmas Eve and who needs that mojo <laughs> we've definitely made some naughty list <laughs> that's a good way to put it here's one that i put hey guys just listen to the podcast great stuff uh, i'm glad i am not the only one who's dealing with this or recovering from legalism and uh <laughs> i love this one it says i do remember the beard badge hope i wasn't the one that gave you demerits <laughs> I know who that is. Uh, This one says, I left my church back after eight and a half years and really don't know where to go from here. Legalism took over and we could not do it anymore. People that are outside of this think we're crazy. By the way, my my wife comes from a pastor's home and a missionary's home. uh, And uh, we are thankful for this podcast. It's helping us heal. That's one episode. That is awesome. Unreal. Uh, I got one down here. This is a guy that I haven't talked to in almost 20 years. He said, uh, looks like this is going to be epic. I'm still conflicted in many ways with my walk with Jesus to this day because of how the IFB movement affected my thoughts and my well-being. Long story short, when I tasted freedom of authority, I rebelled for a time. I lost my mind, and uh, that was because I wanted to. The time after school and this legalism, it really took an effect on me, but I'm coming back now, and this podcast is really going to help me. Wow. JC, uh, how many people have reached out to us? I mean, I know there's no way we can count. It's been so many, but how many would you say have reached out to us with messages very similar to that? Man, I, I mean, we're probably 20, 30 messages just just on the Recovering Fundamentalist page. That's not personal text messages, conversations. Got a text message the other night from a girl that said, I grew up at the church of one of the guys that's in our intro. And 
and uh, I still communicate with some of the people there at that church. I remember when this guy started going sideways and told him what I was thinking of his methods back then. It was appalling, the things that he was doing and the methods that he was taking. But today I'm a reprobate and they want nothing to do with me. I've been taken out of the circle that I grew up in because I questioned their ways. I really need this podcast to encourage me and continue to walk in the newness of life that we preached about so much. And that, you know, for me, that's uh, that's fuel. Mm. Uh, I mean, that just fuels this ahead. I think it points to why we're doing this and the fact that people are already being helped just from that first podcast. It makes me excited about the future. Yeah. It really is doing what we want it to do, and we're seeing that just from a preview podcast because we we skimmed the surface. I mean, let's be honest. We we did not go deep or anything into that. It's just a let's have a conversation around where we think we're going. We really don't know where this is going to go. We have an idea, but it's helping people because what we said in that first podcast, what we're going to say every podcast, and we we talked about this last night when Brian got into town, we're kind of messed up, and we don't realize how messed up we are, and if you're not in this culture you don't realize how kind of crazy it is and so for some that we've had conversation with and nate you you mentioned this that we're we're bringing to light some things that people don't even realize or understand in that but it's really around legalism and that's that's the the driving force that we're calling that out we are we are bringing to light the falseness of legalism yeah, that's, that's the real issue we're dealing with. And we mentioned this last time, and you asked me what is legalism, and we talked about some examples of that. But I want to define it. I think that's important to do on yeah. this bonus preview episode, that we define what it is. So I've got a Thomas Schreiner quote here, and then we want to add to that a little bit. Legalism exists when people attempt to secure righteousness in God's sight by good works. Okay, that's part of legalism. Legalists believe that they can earn or merit God's approval by performing the requirements of the law. Mm -hmm. So we want to go on from there and add, a legalist believes that their good works and obedience to God affects their salvation. And this is getting more to what what we're dealing with. Legalism focuses on God's laws more than a relationship with God. It keeps external laws without a truly submitted heart. And legalism adds human rules to divine laws and treats them as divine. Brian, why don't you speak into that? Yeah, you know, I think all of us have uh, encountered that. I think the pushback is uh, that I hear frequently, I'm not a legalist because I believe in salvation by grace. I'm not preaching that people have to perform good works uh, in order to be saved. Um, I think that's um, I think that's a bailout uh, because I think you know just because you would preach that salvation is through Jesus Christ by grace doesn't mean that you then don't turn to those traditions that have uh, gained equality with God's word in your heart, in your preaching, mm-hmm. in your life to the extent that uh, there is there is God's word and then there is the rules and the regulations of the brethren. I have to keep both of these mm-hmm. because. I can't fall out of favor with God, but even more importantly, most often, I can't fall out of favor with the brethren or these people who are watching me critically. Mm. Yeah, and is that not the issue that was happening in the book of Galatians, where they started off believing in Jesus by grace through faith, but then they wanted to turn around and turn back to Judaism? Mm -hmm. And so it's not necessarily that they were legalists about their salvation, but they wanted to maintain their relationship with God and maintain that approval 
through their good works. The problem is what we find though is in this culture and and when you are dealing with legal, you're living for people's acceptance. If that's a church attender, you're living for the acceptance of your pastor who is a, a you know up there. You're living, and, and all of us are gonna share our story eventually where we're living for the acceptance of, instead of the freedom that's found in living from the acceptance of God as his son, as his daughter, instead of do, 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 you said this last night, instead of do, 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 it's done. It, right. There's a relationship. It's not, you know, when I go down to Planet Fitness and I jump on the treadmill, I, I, I walk, and then these other people get on there and they run for real quick, but they burn out. That's kind of what religion is like. You jump on that, and I go to Planet Fitness because they have pizza on Tuesday. Did you know mm, that? <laughs> You you jump on that treadmill and you run, but you can only do it for a short burst of time. That's kind of what religion is like. And what happens is like those emails we just read, they get burnt out because they're doing and doing and doing and you can't obtain that. I just said this past week, as a matter of fact, I wrote this down online that uh, if your first thought is what are people going to think rather than what is God going to know? Mm then, you know, it makes it obvious that uh, you're you're serving the wrong master. Yeah. And so I think frequently fear of man overrides uh, what we even know that God knows about us intimately. And, you know, I hear people say, well, God knows my heart as if that's a safe thing. Mm. <laughs> um, the fact that God knows my heart, which means he knows my motives, not mm. just what I do, but why I do what I do. Right. We should so much uh, more fear God than we do people. And yet, because people are looking at us in the moment, um, we don't see God, we see them. And so their opinion of us starts to take authority in our lives. So you're not going to go out and get the tattoo that says, only God can judge me. <laughs> no, that's uh, actually uh, Romans 14, standing before God and giving an account of myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a terrifying thought. Yes, it is. So we said on the last podcast, and we maintain this, that we don't want to bash anyone. But I've had a few people point out this week, and I want to deal with this that we share some things on the last podcast as examples of legalism, and we laughed about it, and we, I think, said words like, that's stupid or that's insane, that was that was my word. So we have to be blunt on this issue, and this is something we don't really want to back down from. We've got to be blunt on this issue because we're dealing with men that call us, and I'm using the nice words, liberals, compromisers, sellouts, or worse, that we're lost, that we're reprobates, that we don't, we're not even saved because we have a different viewpoint than them. So it's really hard to have a super nice conversation with guys that are saying we're we're going to hell because we have a different view of the kind of clothes we should wear. Mm. Clothes have nothing to do with salvation. So I think it's important to know starting off who we are, and that's one of the points of this this episode is to reinforce that our target audience is people who have either left the faith, and there's a lot of people like that out there, they've left the faith because they equate the faith with legalism. Mm, I think there's a lot of people like that. And that's who we want to speak to is, is people that have said, you know what, I can't live up to these moral standards, or I feel like it's just my efforts. I'm trying to earn God's favor, and they just give up. I've been there. You yeah. guys have been there. Absolutely. I've heard your testimonies. I know your stories. Yep. We've talked so much about this. So our target audience of people that's left the faith or people who have left legalism, mm. but they still feel guilty because they're sitting in a church that's a different denomination right. or non-denominational, non-denominational, and they still feel guilty for attending one of these other types of churches. Right. And you know who you are listening right now. If you said, mm, 
or you made a yep yep <laughs> that that's you and yeah. we want to hear from you if you go to our website recoveringfundamentalist.org there's now a tab where you can click on that it says share your story shoot us an email uh, we're going to be having in january we'll have a phone call that uh, a phone number you can call in and leave your story just to help us continue not just for content but to to know that we're we're making a difference and that you aren't alone because what we want you to see is there is community in this. That's something in that world that is missing is community. And we we don't have others that are going through yeah. that with us. I think that's one of the things that I love most about this, the community aspect, mm. because I know for my wife who grew up faithfully in church, her family, they were great people. They loved Jesus. And yet she grew up in a completely different uh, religious tradition than I did. So when I get together with other pastor friends and guys like us who were independent fundamentalist pastors, kids, mm-hmm. and uh, we start a conversation, we speak a language that no one else speaks. <laughs> it's why we talk till 3.30 a.m. this morning. Yes, We just identify with one another. And, and it's really funny because I... I've had those conversations with my friends. Other people are sitting at the table with their mouths hanging wide open, and they can't even believe that the things we're saying are true. Yeah. And so we do speak this language, and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of other people out there who speak the same language. And so I think just initiating this conversation, mm. people have wanted to talk about it, but who do you talk about this to? And so I think what we're saying here at Recovering Fundamentalist. You can talk to us about yeah. this. We know how you feel. And yeah. on the other side of that, sorry, Nate, on the other side of that, we will keep it. Uh, this is important, I think. We will keep you, uh, your name, and your, you know, what, what am I trying to say here? Anonymous. Anonymous, <laughs> anonymous thank you. Homeschool graduate. Yeah, this, is re- that. Hey, this is Recovering <laughs> Fundamentalist Anonymous. <laughs> that's authorized right there. Yeah, and that, that's where the, I think there's some fear of I don't want it to be blasted. Use a fake name if you need to because the you know when you write in, because that's the thing there – that is prevalent and correct me if i'm wrong but my story there's fear in that the fear of missing out you know what is it you know you know what fomo means brian no enlighten me fear of missing out fomo right (laughs) and welcome i like it so there's the fear of missing out that's why you've got to you know sit on the front row and do the shouting and things like that that's why you because we all have this this sense that we're going to miss something and i think in this community giving an opportunity like you just said for people to talk and to share their story it's going to be pretty important to not only feel like i'm going to get blasted or who's going to shun me or outcast me the brethren's going to turn me off but to realize that your story it may help four or five hundred or four or five more other people who are feeling the exact same way that you are so basically you can approach the recovering fundamentalist Uh, message board or you can approach this hi my name is elvis presley i'm a recovering fundamentalist Uh, you know we don't have to know specifically who you are to identify with your journey you know elvis is alive so he very well may get on there on an island up in the south so he he he's on an island with jfk right that's what i've heard that's right well and michael jackson's there too so so brian you've been in ministry for (laughs) (laughs) on that point brian you've been in ministry for what 30 years now how long yeah at least 30 years give your Uh, age away right just just over 30 years i was seven when you started in ministry thank you very much awesome yeah thank you jc is the young one in the group and i'm in the middle so i'm the middle (laughs) child i understand that i get it but brian you've been pastoring for longer than any of us in this room and you listened to the first podcast was there any content in that that you could relate with oh absolutely from start to finish um as a matter of fact it was really it was really good for me to be a part of that just as a listener 
initially because hearing the both of you have the conversation it sold me on the vision uh, you know my life has uh, my life is incredibly busy and um, you know, I really don't need something else to do I'm not looking for something else to do and yet for the past several years we've been having this conversation about rather than running from our heritage embracing it and how can we help people who um, are still there how can we help people who are confused about yeah. their heritage how can we love on people who um, feel less than as a result of their heritage uh, you know how, how can we connect with these people who love Jesus mm. and who obviously have a heart and a passion for him and we will spend eternity in heaven with but they're damaged we're damaged as a result of our heritage how can we connect with him so I think when I was listening to the first uh, podcast, I think my overall impression inwardly was, thank God this is finally happening. And there's a feeling with me, and we've talked about it, it is time yeah. for this conversation to be had. And I know there have been small conversations, but I believe it's time for us to bring this to the forefront and deal with some of these issues. So we've talked about our target audience being people who've left the faith because they equate the faith with legalism. And we want them to know God is not legalistic. God right. is holy, God is sovereign, but God is love. And just because you walk away from a denomination doesn't mean you have to walk away from God. That set me free. Also, people who have left legalism but still feel guilty for attending another denomination or another type of church, and they're still dealing with the weight of that guilt and shame. But also, and I want you guys to speak into this, people who know they can't measure up, so they just walk away completely. They go all out pagan. How much have you seen that in your life with kids you grew up with, teenagers you grew up with, kids from the camp meetings, pastors, right. kids? How much have you seen that? I mean, a ton. And one of the things I could share that might really help someone that really helped me, um, think about it. Jesus was the only perfect person to ever live on the face of this planet. Only Jesus could say, "Fact, I do always those things right. which please the Father. Religion? thought they found fault in Jesus. Right. Mm. So think about it. They were so sold on their religious position and they were so um, emboldened by their religious authority mm. <laughs> that they looked on perfection and they called him a blasphemer. They called him a drunkard, a Friend glutton. Sinners. I love that one, by the way. I think that was his favorite name that they gave him. Yeah, well, it has to be now because Casting Crowns wrote a song about it. But <laughs> That sounds know. like all the other songs. Brian's favorite <laughs> band. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think... <laughs> Hard pass. Well, you know, it's a slow fade. But uh, <laughs> I think, you know... Uh, voice knowing, right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you've got to stop. Uh, but knowing that, that religion even even found fault. And I say that with quotation. I'm, I'm doing the quotation marks as if people can right. see it, you know. Um, but I think that's freeing for us because, of course, people who are who are religious, uh, who, people who, who've walked out of the cell of sin only to walk across the hallway into the cell, the jail cell of religion, mm. they're always going to find fault as a matter of fact that they're intentionally looking for it i loved what my dad preached several years ago i'll never forget this he said you know man he was preaching as only he can had the finger you know pointing out in the audience and he said if you want to get really serious about finding fault then buy a full-length mirror go home and stand <laughs> wow. in front of it and you'll stay busy for the rest of your wow, life and so true. i think when people realize i have seen it a lot mm -hmm. but when you can have the conversation of 
we're flawed, that was the necessity of Jesus. Yeah. JC, we had a conversation this week with a friend. Yeah. And we'll let him remain anonymous for right now. Uh, Love to have him on the show one day. But but he sat down with us and he walked away and for 10 years was all out atheist. Yeah. He grew up in this culture. He grew up not being able to earn, not being able to meet up to the requirements that were put on him because of a family that was involved in IFB movement. And with that, it left him asking more questions than having answers and not understanding where to get the answers to those questions because it was a rat race and he didn't know what to do. He went atheist for 10, 11 years. I can't remember what he said. He turned to philosophy, began to read all those books. Completely shut off anything Christian, anything God, wanted nothing to do with it. And he said something that was pretty remarkable sitting there. He said, and what I found is that even at the end of that road, it left me empty and wanting more, but I didn't want to go back into the culture that left me even worse than what this was. And he thought that was the only option, independent fundamental Baptist or pagan. That's exactly right. He saw those two extremes as that's my only option. And that's our target audience. We want to let you guys know you can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ based on his grace through faith that he accepts you not on your performance but on Christ's performance. Do you know the thing people need to realize? The Bible says that perfect love mm. casts out fear. When you realize that you are perfectly loved by God, it sets you free from that fear it and does. from that bondage. Yeah. I'm not I'm not performing to be accepted. I am already accepted. He knows every fault prior or to salvation, he knows every fault and sin post-salvation, and he says, I perfectly love you. I adopt you as my son. That's beautiful. Which he yes, said in that at that lunch, he said, you know, I, I grew up with the culture thinking that we had to have everything right in order to keep my salvation, yeah. mm. where God loves me exactly how I am, messed up. And I mean, he got messed up. Yeah. I mean, he was down a path of, and, and what we find is people every day of our lives as pastors we run into people who uh, i grew up with the mentality it's our job to catch them our job to clean them our job to make sure they stay on the straight and narrow we just got to cast put love out there allow the gospel to be what changes them not our ideas because what we do is we cast out gospel but in the culture we grew up in it's gospel but then you have to keep this list of rules hey here's salvation but make sure you're following this stuff that we've come up with if not salvation really wasn't where it is well that that tradition we grew up in there was a difference in being and a distinction mm. between being accepted by god and being accepted by us that's mm. it and so you know a person being accepted, accepted by god that wasn't enough to have true fellowship as a matter of fact i heard um, a clip of an independent fundamental baptist preacher recently saying you know i wouldn't even be friends with a friend mm. of a friend who had a friend who was a southern baptist mm. wow you know and he was talking about these different degrees of separation so in other words you being loved and accepted by god you being cleansed by the blood of jesus christ uh, you being uh, you know promised an eternal home in heaven where you will forever eternally be a trophy of the grace of god mm. that's not enough for yeah. me you're yeah. going to have to dress like this you're going to have to attend this church you're going to have to carry this version of the bible you're going to have to listen to this music yeah and you quoting that verse brings up a point that legalism is a fear-based religion it's a broken system yeah yes. and and that's that's one of the things that we want to say we are not against people we don't hate people we may say things that offend people obviously yeah but we are against a broken system 
And between the three of us, through our life, through our ministry, our childhood, even in ourselves, we have seen this broken system hurt people. Yeah. Yes. And we want to help bring healing. And so some of the talking points, uh, we want to deal, and the reason this is, for me, this is everything. The reason we want to deal with these things and all the stories we brought up on the former podcast, these are all issues and it bothers us so much because it's a gospel issue. Mm-hmm. It's a false gospel when you turn it into works or performance. So some of our talking talking points are going to be the false gospel. JC? Uh, I was talking about emotionalism and manipulation, yes. like the art of doing a... Uh, invitation you know making right. it emotional building the the set making everything happen to where when i add you know we talked about this last night adding to the gospel to make it mm, drive it home you know get their get their emotion there how many services have we been in where everybody runs down to the altar four or five times during a service and then right. comes back and then two nights later the kid gets saved you're like wait didn't you go to the altar eight times you know when we were growing up in youth groups and there's people i'm sure listening to this we would be sitting in youth groups and we knew that you had to go to the altar before you could go play volleyball i'll never forget one night we're sitting in youth groups in the game room at church here in chattanooga and my buddy hit me and said will you go get broken on the altar so we can go eat pizza and i was like come on that's emotionalism it's all i, I can't tell you how many times i've been down to an altar and yawned trying to tear so when i stood up i had a tear in my eye you can't even see that that's emotionalism you know right. i'll never forget the sunday i think i was about six years old and my dad we were pulling to the church park a lot and i must have back talked my mom or something and he said you know as soon as you get home today you're going to get it and so that day at the close of the service <laughs> i got up and i slowly walked to the altar and i made sure that i made eye contact <laughs> with my dad I knelt down and prayed, and, and and so I stayed there a little while. You know, when we got in the car that day, I, I said, Daddy, did you see me go to the altar today? He said, I sure did, and you're still going to get it when you get home. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's hilarious. <laughs> and what, there's a thing about that word emotionalism, that ISM that's on the end, the end that changes everything. God created emotions. Emotions yeah. aren't bad. I've been in some church services that were preaching the true gospel that had emotions. But when you get emotionalism, right. that means you're working that up. You're trying to manipulate people and you're diminishing the gospel yeah. when you do that. And it becomes about my skills. Paul said, I don't preach the gospel with wisdom or with my, my physical or, or mental gifts. I preach the gospel and let it do the work. And when you hit on uh manipulation that takes it to the next one which is bible out of context yes and you're making scripture say things that it's not you want to hit on that one brian yeah i think one of the things that we'll definitely deal with over time is um, this dangerous concoction of a blending of the old covenant and the new covenant the new the new testament and the old testament and they're blended in a way so that you actually rob the new testament of its power Mm -hmm. and you rob the old testament of its power uh, because you're blending those two together in a dangerous way, um, what ends up happening is, for example, um, I, I know guys, and, and I, I've been guilty of this, so I did this early on in, in my preaching ministry, where you know there was one phrase in a verse that I would want. The rest of the verse didn't <laughs> suit my narrative, and so I would cherry-pick that one phrase and then connect that one phrase to another <laughs> phrase somewhere else None of it had anything to do with uh, context. It had everything to do with the the narrative that I wanted to advance. So what does healthy preaching look like? Healthy preaching, first Topical. of all, 
is oh absolutely preaching, well, right? you've got to have a great title first something has yeah. to springboard you use right. a verse and then you preach about three what points you in a poem. right i think you know i think a great <laughs> sermon starts with you know walking uh through a shopping mall on black friday and realizing not for sale it is not <laughs> for sale i'm going to preach that mm. um no it begins with the scripture uh, you know you have to you have to have god's word at work in your life and so mm. it begins with the scripture it is the scripture and it ends with the scripture. So you're actually preaching the text. You know, it's it's really crazy. But to do that, you actually have to believe that what God has said is more powerful than what you can say. Come on. Wow. Let's take an offering right there. That's, that's good. <laughs> I think I just got saved again. I did right there, man. So moving on from that, we've got abuse of authority. How big of an issue is this in legalism, Brian? Oh, it's enormous. I, I think, you know, the horror stories prove that. Absolutely. You know, uh, men using their authority to uh, to take advantage of women, to even yeah. take advantage of young girls, uh, to profit financially. Um, That's absolutely. a big one. Money is a big one. Yeah. I've, I think we've all known, I've worked for guys that have abused the authority when it comes to money, the uh, – you know, stealing straight up of yeah. money. I think that's a big one. And that's the word. Man, my brain is not. We were up too late talking last night. I'm, <laughs> but it was fun. I can't pontificate on an esoteric theory with you guys today. I have no idea what that means. I Googled it earlier. So that's it. Hey, Brian, once you wrap up, as we're getting ready to close out, just uh, what's coming in January and February? Um, yeah, I think what everybody can be looking forward to is the fact that uh, all three of us are going to be willing to be transparent. You know, we've been saying to other people, hey, send in your testimony, send in your story. And we don't want that request to be hypocritical. And so what we're going to do in absolute transparency is share our own stories. I'm really looking forward to that because there's power in a story, especially when uh, the story is not designed in a way that it's intended to be all beautiful and all surreal and all perfect. And, uh, you know, we see that even in the scripture, David, not just standing on Goliath, um, in victory as the people are screaming, David has slain his thousands, but also David, uh, committing adultery with Bathsheba, mm. having her husband killed. And then Psalm 51 opening up his heart and life to God. Mm. Uh, I'll say more about that in a moment. And then there's, you know, Peter, if all we knew of him was him walking on the water, we would think, wow, I, I could never get there. But then we also see him sinking and needing to cry out, Lord, save me. We see him preaching on the day of Pentecost, but also denying Jesus by the fireside. And I think that's how real we want to be with our stories. And um, I think everybody's going to find real help in that. As a matter of fact, I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to tune into those podcasts. I am I know both of your stories to some degree, but I'm really looking forward to benefiting from that. And I think something that's going to be incredible around those stories is how this podcast has come together. Right. God has been working and bringing each one of these stories together and to see the culmination of our three stories, but how that is for one story. And it goes back to something you both just said a minute ago. There's no doubt in my mind that this podcast is for such a time as this, but we're called to this. Yeah. I mean, you said you don't have time. None of all three of us are pastors. We don't really have any extra time to give. Right. And between us, how many kids do we have? Man, I got six, four, three. I was a homeschool graduate. Y'all do the math. Thirteen kids. <laughs> Thirteen kids. Thirteen kids. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, we've got a lot of kids, and you, we're you busy. Know, we are absolutely, and but, plus, plus, we all have have wives. Can you imagine wives. that? <laughs> no, well, not three no, wives. Between each. the Listen, three of us. I lived in Utah. Yeah. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You've been delivered. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That's a whole other podcast in itself. 
Well, you know, I think the thing I'm excited about, um, it, it's it really it spurs on this excitement in me to think about Psalm 51. I mentioned David a moment ago. Of course, he you know he committed incredible sin. Thought he had hidden that. Um, God sends a prophet named Nathan who had the courage to tell David this story that made him angry. And when David rose up and said, oh, that man's going to die. And then Nathan puts his finger in David's face and said, "Uh, wait a minute, you are that man. And then David has to confront his sin. He gets really specific about it in his prayer. He's begging God for mercy in Psalm 51 because by the law, he should be stoned to death. And so one of David's reasons for God giving him grace and allowing him to live was then will I teach transgressors of your ways Mm. and convert sinners to repentance. God, if I die, the story dies with me. Mm. And so I think, you know, while we're not saying everyone listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast is a sinner and we're on a mission to convert them, I think what we are saying is this, we know that our story will have life-giving power Mm. because of people who share our story, who have a similar story, and through our stories, they're going to experience freedom Mm. and life as we share the grace of God that we've experienced. Man, I'm fired up. Me Me too. too. I'm excited. I can't wait. January can't get here quick enough. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Did we say we had a Christmas present for everyone? Let's do a jingle. All right. Hang on. I don't like that other one we practiced, though, because we practiced it once. What, What about a... What, what, I don't even remember what we were doing. We did Gloria, Gloria. the chorus. Yeah. I, that's, I gotta be honest, that's my absolute worst Christmas song. I hate that <laughs> Christmas song. I know it's what the angels sang, whatever. But. Is it, so we could do something, you know, just... just what about a, Oh, Come All You Faithful? <clears throat> we can try that. Mm-hmm. You can start it. Or who's, who's oh, to... come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, Oh, come ye, oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. Oh, come, let us adore him. Adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yes, hey, the, last, the last verse, the last chord sounded great. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, we are so glad that uh, you've tuned in today. We want to thank Sean Whitfield. It's Sean Whitfield. Uh, what is it? Sean Whitfield at Whitfield Media Group. There it is. And uh, Chattanooga Beard Co. for sponsoring this episode. And uh, we are looking forward to coming in January 2020, just a few days from now. Right. And uh, what's your New Year's resolution, Nate? You got one? I don't have it yet. I'm waiting for the new year. You're waiting for the new year, Brian? Um, I think mine is to appreciate uh, the gifts that God has given me and placed around me because uh, typically, you know, you walk around staring down at your cell phone or your mobile device. Mm. And I think God's really been speaking to me about looking up and looking around uh, because uh, it's there that I see the good things that he's given to me. I affirm that in you. You need to do that. 
Oh, so Mr. Good. Cell Phone is going to say that to me. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I the just, next Recovering Fundamentalist podcast is on hypocrisy. <laughs> I just see around, and so I'm going to lose 100 pounds. That's what it is. Nice. So, yeah. Hey, I'm excited. It's going to be great. We'll see y'all in January 2020. Hey, God Peace. bless. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast.